Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. How are you doing? This is Eric Rieger, your host of the Gut Check Project, and soon I will be joined by my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. But today's episode, number 51, it's the first week of March. What does March mean? Well, we are going to talk about it. And without wasting any more of your time, let's just get through the sponsors so we can get to the show. This is an abbreviated version. So if you don't have a lot of time for some of our longer shows, today's perfect. It's short, easy, I think pretty funny. And uh, we're going to get straight to the point. So today's show is, of course, sponsored by Atron Teal. Get your daily polyphenols at Atron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com, created by my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown, through years and years of research. Polyphenols for everyone. Whether you are concerned about your gut health, you want to eliminate bloating, you have problems with IBS, you happen to have inflammatory bowel disease, and you would like to see if you could decrease some of that inflammation. You are an athlete, and you want to perform best, or you want to decrease recovery time. That's right polyphenols every single day. And if you're worried about where you're going to get them, you get them from Atron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com slash KBMD, lovemytummy.com. Get your polyphenols today. And of course, do you like great tasting food? I do. I bet you do too. Go to Unrefined Bakery, unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK and save 20% off your entire first order. That's right, 20%. One out of five. If it costs $5, now it's four. Use code GUTCHECK, save 20% off your entire order. Now that's online only. Go to unrefinedbakery.com and if you have specialty needs such as keto, paleo, gluten-free, that's what they specialize in. They take these specialty diets and make the foods that you love taste great. Unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK and save 20%. And last but not least, of course, my partner, Dr. Brown, has his own website, KBMDHealth, KBMDHealth.com. KBMDHealth.com features his very own CBD oil. And it also has Autron Teal. And it also has Sephurophanes. And those come from broccoli, which are only available from a professional physician which is what Dr. Kenneth Brown is. He's a medical doctor, a gastroenterologist, and that allows him to sell the broccoli by professionals with curcumin. So go to kbmdhealth.com, use code GCP, and save 20% off of any order just with code GCP at checkout anytime, any day, any number of times. Okay, let's get to episode number 51. Starting now, y'all take a deep breath, enjoy yourself, and uh, stay safe out there. All right, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family, it's now time for episode number 51. I'm Eric Rieger. Here with my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. Ken, what's up? What's going on, man? Um, I mean, last two episodes, awesome. I mean, we've gotten just an enormous amount of email, especially for people wanting to learn more about polyphenols. We got a bunch of different examples of people saying how a larger 
substance or a more natural substance just works better. And we, we got some pretty funny answers on that. But uh, yeah, so it's like I love that. So the episode with Sylvia and then, of course, we did Siobhan Sarno with her book. Let's, oh, just, let's yeah. just go ahead and promote Pull that, that one more time right here. Yeah. Healing Sibo. Healing Sibo. Only, if one. you didn't see episode 50, right? 50? Yeah, 50. 50. Yeah, she was 50. Absolutely. Yeah. So we did. So that, that 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 whole concept of my patients are starting to get it. People are starting to get it. Doctors are starting to call me. I met with a hepatologist. She was like, hey can these polyphenols help the liver? And I'm like, funny, you should talk about that because that is kind of what we're doing with Atrantil right now. We're trying to figure out, you know, some different patents that we have going on and we have to go to the patent office and say, this is the data that says that these polyphenols do this and that. And I want to talk a little bit about that today, actually. I was glad that you said hepatologist. I almost thought you said herpetologist. So I didn't know if we were getting into some uh, lizards, et cetera. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God, I thought it was a herpes specialist, <laughs> a herpetologist. I was like, wow. So, so I said something stupid and you got dumber. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, no, it is episode number 51. Thank you all so much for uh, for joining the program today. So kick it off. Well, I just want to kick it off. Like, well, what's been going on with you? I was, so we did, uh, I actually went out of town personally. You did. And I'll tell you all about it, but I want to hear about you because I didn't know what happened while I was out of town. You know, what's wild is that uh, Gage was accepted. He took a job to go work up in Denali, up in Alaska for the entire summer in oh. between semesters at college and uh, budget cuts. And he just found out that they they cut that. So he is is readjusting, and uh, but he'll he'll be fine. Mac, they had a great run in their playoffs. They got cut short this last week, but they ran into a great uh, basketball team. Seminole had, uh, I mean, they, they had a great squad. So uh, four rounds deep, they bowed out. But other than that, now we get to kind of relax just a little bit, and uh, not uh, hop from game to game. What's what's going on with you? Well, with me, so uh, Lucas was playing in a tournament, and Lloyd and my wife said, "Hey." Do you want to take Lucas to a tournament in Cancun? And I've been to Cancun before. I'm like, sounds yeah, nice. I do want to go to Cancun. Kids playing, going to Cancun. Yeah, what that sounds like I totally envisioned like one foot on the beach, one foot kind of paying attention to the match and having a having a Mai Tai or something. Sure. You know, that's the that's the Cancun I was thinking of. No, it was not that. Oh, basically, the ITF, the International Tennis Federation, hosted this tournament in a tennis compound built into the jungle about 40 minutes outside of Cancun. Interesting. And, yeah. So it was one of those things where I'm like, hey, I took time off from work. I'm kind of like nice hotels, kind of like good restaurants. And I'm like, oh, it's a dorm. Nice. <laughs> and we're stuck here. Taxis don't go out there. There's no such thing as Uber. They have a cafeteria, and you got to <laughs> sign up for the time you're going to eat. And they didn't allow seconds. Oh, <laughs> There's not a whole lot happening there. No, so it was, but if, you know, fortunately, it, it, the bottom line is it's me and Lucas hanging out, and so that was the cool part. So we sat in the, you know, in the room. I got a chance to watch him play, and you know, we we're working on a few things. Wasn't his best tournament, but certainly, you know, um, still holding his own. We're, you know, it's like all things. You have little ups and downs, and these tournaments are are tough. So I had a good time. I didn't really like the bed very much. Kind of. Got a little achy out there, but that's all right. Well, you're not a big fan of the cold weather, and at least you didn't have to hang around in Texas for snowmageddon. Oh, my gosh. I heard that something happened. <laughs> yeah. Ken, something happened. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. No, we can get into it right quick. Yeah. So, basically, um, Texas got hit with the polar vortex, and, um, well... My house flooded, so yay! Yeah, that's cool. So we're dealing with that. So I was, uh, I was in Mexico 
with my daughter FaceTiming, <laughs> six inches of water in freezing weather, screaming, what do we do? And I'm like trying to talk through how to shut off the water and yeah. all this stuff. You put know? on your flippers, <laughs> get a snorkel gear. Yeah, exactly. Be sure and heat up. I don't care how much Wim Hof you do. That's cold. <laughs> yeah. That's cold. But anyway, so that happened. That was my... I kind of, uh, you, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people in Texas where sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the fly. A lot of us here in Texas became the fly. Yeah. Because it hit. It hit. I know a lot of people that their pipes burst and had all this other stuff. So, you know, but it's all good now. It is. Hopefully for everyone. And if you and if you suffered, I'm sorry to hear that things didn't work out uh, perfectly. It didn't. It wasn't perfect in the community that I lived in either. But what was great, what was great was the number of people who lent a hand and we had a quick if you recall you and i had a, a conversation right when you got back about currency mm-hmm. and currency is not always money it could be bitcoin also it can't it can't be bitcoin <laughs> and it can't be crypto but the <laughs> currency that someone can uh early in life accumulate is the currency of friendships and being able to rely upon people by doing good deeds until so you actually told me the story your dad told you or your parents taught you this tell me exactly how they taught you because this makes a lot of sense and this is where i think when we talk about currency what makes a life rich sure this is necessary to make you rich so my dad was in the banking industry for many decades and uh, of course as a young person you're interested in what your parents do and dad multiple times he explains money interest how different things work what financial tools are and currency was was a funny word to me as a kid and dad immediately seized that opportunity as did mom and said it's critically important to understand that currency is simply what it is that you can accumulate that allows you to exchange it for something which you may need or something which you wish to give someone and They said, it's important to always have good friendships and relationships because you never know when they need you and you definitely don't know when you might need them. And that's so true though. Like as soon as you said that, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to my kids about that because currency is that it doesn't have to be a piece of paper or a stock or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's cool. And that's what I saw in action once again and uh, snowmageddon terrible for water pipes and for unfortunately a few people suffered some maybe even lost their lives but for the most the majority of, of texans i think that we all got by on currency of, uh, of relationships and when we were talking about that when you said that i loved it and i love that whole thing of currency something you build up sure that you can either give to somebody else or they can help you because you've built this currency up and the tech that we were working with was like saying, I wish I could get out more and meet more people. Yeah. And she's like, but I'm in my 30s. And I'm like, you, we should be saying this till the day you die. If you're 90, you should be walking, you know, you should be walking to your neighbor and saying, hi, we don't do that enough. Probably and not. We're a little bit embarrassed to think, oh, I'm just going to walk up and say hi to this person. But I think when you have a crisis like this, oh, my gosh, shout out to a neighbor that we had not met who now has tons of currency as far as in my book. Uh, my wife called me and she was like, I'm trying to do this. And she's like, hold on, hold on. Our neighbor's over here. Yeah. And then he just took over, turned off the water. Oh, and nice. Carla and him started moving furniture, nice. get, trying to get it out of the way into the garage. And I'm like, I totally, yeah, I need to, I, and I apologize. I'm going to come over and say hi and thank you. And if, if you're ever in need, that was so cool. Sure. It was essentially, it's a neighbor, but it was a neighbor that Lloyd had not met. And just in such a loving way, just came over and said, you're in need, let me help you. And that was cool. Because I'm in Mexico, 
doing that dad thing where you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. You know, you just want to. You want to help. You want to help. You want to do something. Sure. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can, you know, and everybody else that I could call was in the same boat. <laughs> Frozen in, Ken. Yeah. It's like, love to help you, but we're in the same boat, you know. Yeah, that, that's literally in the same boat. They're in a boat in their living room going, yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know nobody did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had this boat for a long time that I've never used. And I was like, get the boat. She was like, what does that do? I'm like, well, we can at least use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nobody did that. But so anyway, so yes, Snowmageddon, that happened. And I hope everybody got through it. And I just, uh, what Eric just said is true. Do some emotional currency. Go up, say hi to somebody. It's never too late. It's never too late. Never too late. And continue to do it. And that should be our goal, that everybody should go out and, and do that. Um, one thing that's really cool mm. is um, Angie's coming on the podcast. She's getting a lot of people, a lot of currencies coming towards her. Sure. Because people are like, I love what you said. And so she's sending me emails. Oh, I connected with this person here that's doing this. They connected me with this. And it's a community. It's really, you know, you can... Find communities in strange places. She bared a lot to come on here and tell her story. And I think, and just like when Siobhan was on, it's when you were able to tell your story and it's a story of struggle, other people who may feel isolated or alone, they immediately hang on to it and realize that there is hope, that there is somebody else who can work through this particular struggle or is working through the struggle. And it always helps to not be alone. For sure. And this is not, oh, I don't need any friends because that was a one in a hundred year storm, whatever. No, there's, we got a lot of stuff coming up and I don't think people are paying attention. Yeah. Like for instance, um, president Biden called the Texas governor Abbott a Neanderthal for lifting the mask mandates and opening a hundred percent. Huh? Called him a Neanderthal. Now this is really building currency. Well, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that's building currency, Uh but this is really bad timing really really bad timing uh-huh. and it's not because of possibly rising covid cases uh, okay but i don't know if you're aware of this uh back in the 16th century french astrologer nostradamus predicted that there would be a zombie apocalypse in the year 2021 no kidding i am not kidding even a little bit nostradamus said zombie apocalypse this year 2021 We've got the president calling my governor mm-hmm. a Neanderthal because he's lifting that. It just seems like the perfect preface for this zombie apocalypse. Like something's going to tip. Right? I mean, I, I see how you're putting this together. No. And now and actually, it's actually 2021 and the Center for Disease Control, the CDC and prevention, they want to make sure that you're prepared. Okay. Just in case. So recently, thank Goodness, the CDC updated on their website, cdc.gov. Okay. They updated their zombie preparation or their zombie preparedness page, knowing that 2021 is the target date that we're going to have our zombie apocalypse. I honestly don't know if this is a parody or not. It is not even a little bit of parody. I challenge everyone to go to cdc.gov, look up zombie preparedness page, and you can see it right there. And it's timing because Nostradamus predicted it. And I just kind of feel like with the snowmageddon that we just went through and this complete Texas basically saying, we're going rogue, y'all. Texas and Mississippi are like, no masks, nothing. Let's do this. So I just want, so I went to the website. Okay. 
And you can go and you can look. And I don't necessarily disagree with the CDC's recommendations. Okay. <clears throat> but it does seem kind of generic. Like For they said. Zombie preparedness. Zombie preparedness. Go to the page. <laughs> go to the page. Okay. I mean, go to the page. I'm not making any of this up. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. Yes, it will be in the uh, show notes. Okay. <laughs> There's too much going on, Eric. You're laughing this off. I mean, and you, like I'm out there right now. What I'm telling everybody to do is go out there and get some emotional currency and prepare yourself because Nostradamus said in 2021, zombie apocalypse, yeah. the CDC, the, I mean, our tax dollars pay for that. Yeah, that's, that's probably where most of my laughter is coming from. Yeah, and so the deal is they recommend. So fortunately, the government has a zombie apocalypse preparedness page. Okay. And um, what they recommend is you should stock up on water, food, medications, tools and supplies, sanitation and hygiene, clothing and bedding, important documents that you might need, first aid supplies. Are those the things that kinda, you should have? Kind of generic for any disaster. Yeah. I kind of feel like they maybe are not really Also known addressing. as trip to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, the only... I mean, I, I wrote in, did I wrote you, in, did yeah, you? I wrote in, yeah, <laughs> snail mail, put a stamp on it, sent it in the mail. And I said, I, I'm very um, fortunate to live in a country that my government is preparing us for the zombie apocalypse oh, because Nostradamus predicted it in 16th century. But you did not make any mention of crossbows or samurai swords or claw hammers because I've watched enough Walking Dead that you need those also. <laughs> So, what I want to do as your next birthday gift. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to prepare. I, I will buy your zombie apocalypse weapon. So, what what would be your weapon when this zombie apocalypse happens? What would you? What would be your weapon of choice to protect yourself from zombies? My weapon of choice to protect myself from zombies. Uh, it's on the CDC. It's you. You're looking at me like this is a not a plausible thing. I I've. It's literally something I've never thought about. Um, you know what I would like? I would like an, uh, the ability to hang out with Bill Murray as my weapon, just simply because he was in zombie land. So a, a trip to see Bill Murray is my weapon. One of the greatest things. No, it's fantastic. I get on, I get on whatever course it was that he was playing. He's like, no wait times for tea time. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, so anyway, so that's, uh, I, I thought that we'd get that out of the way. It's been obviously weighing heavily on me, but yeah. this is kind of a science show. And um, some people may argue that zombie apocalypse is not very sciencey. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, it'd probably be me. So, I did mention um, at the very beginning that as we prepare to extend our patents, um, we need to see where studies exist. Sure. Where um, they've been showing in use these polyphenols, same polyphenols in Atrontil, and where they're actually. Um, where there's actually studies for. Right. So shout out to Angie once again, secret weapon. She just keeps outdoing herself. There are, in fact, here it is. It's, uh, I don't know, you see me fanning through this. These are all summaries of articles that she pulled with the bibliography being like, I don't know, 32, pages, yeah. 32 just here. Here's what's really cool. So there's multiple studies on the beneficial effects of these polyphenols on hypertension, dementia, neuroprotection, anti-inflammatory, diabetes, anti-aging, and liver protection. Okay. So that's awesome. 
But she also put together a bunch of stuff on something really important right now. Now, I know that we keyed on the zombie apocalypse, but there's until it happens, we can't do studies on polyphenols. With. It's hard. I mean, for all we know, maybe it like, like, like gets them to assimilate into society. And sure. Like you could be like working with your zombie co-partner. We should work you know. on the study design now so we can be ready. <laughs> we should be totally ready for that. We're just like, <laughs> now remember, when they lean over, they will have the uh, occasional, you know, motion to try and bite you. You just... Can't you, you be friends with our zombie co-workers, you know, be appropriate. Yeah. Do not show any type of, you know, like we'll go through a whole thing about that. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, um, this is very relevant because I want to ask you something. Okay. Do you know what National Awareness Month marches and we're in oh, March. as of today? What is it? March 4th today? Uh, March is what National Awareness Month? Um, since you said March fourth, shout out John Henley Cheeseburger. It's your birthday today, and I would say that uh, today or no, this month is March uh, Green Irish uh, Irish Heritage Month. You are exactly right. This is Irish Heritage Month. Are you serious? That's what you that's wanna, serious. You were thinking the same thing. Irish Heritage Month and uh, Irish Heritage Month, mm -hmm. and it also happens to be Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, yeah, that's also important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all our Irish um, soon-to-be zombies out there. <laughs> all right, so it's Colon Cancer Awareness Month. It is. And in this packet, um, this is... I'm literally embarrassed that I have not done this homework because it's almost like you're... It's like when you're too close to something. I mean, you and I do colonoscopies. We save a lot of lives. A lot. And... Um, so I'm going through Angie's whole summary here, and then all of a sudden it turns into there's high blood pressure, there's diabetes, there's all this other stuff, and then it turns into about 10 pages of colon cancer and the effects of polyphenols on colon cancer. And they are um, crazy studies okay. with mechanisms of action. And from polyphenols from polyphenols, colon cancer. Actual studies. Okay. They're in vivo, meaning uh, live studies in humans. Studies. There are in vitro, meaning lab studies. And then, of course, there's animal studies. But sure. this, is, this is what you do when you're looking at stuff. Angie um, found so many ways that these large, stable polyphenols help prevent colon cancer. And they do it through some really cool mechanisms of action. Right. So let's just let's geek out for a second. Let's do it. Because it's, and we won't get into detail about each one of these, but... If you go back to the immune lecture, it will make sense. Okay. Because we actually cover a bunch of these stages, and now you're like, oh, this is in relation to colon cancer. So, polyphenols for the colon health is what you're saying. Polyphenols for colon health. Okay. All right. So, um, the uh, like for instance, broad scope, multiple studies looking at how it actually attenuates the expression of COX two or cyclooxygenase two, which sure. is, which is actually how. Uh, aspirin or NSAIDs work. They yeah. actually block COX-2, which is how come we have recommended aspirin to patients to help prevent colon cancer. In people with familial adenomatous polyposis and these different diseases where they're at high risk, COX-2 is just one of them. And it all comes down to the local inflammatory process that does this. And then there's activation of various anti-cancer pathways, like pathways that I was unaware of, like the JNK1 and 2 pathways, then some uh, about five articles on urolithin, one of our favorite oh, anti molecules. Anti-aging. Anti it induces apoptosis in oh, these cells. Okay. So a cancer cell starts to turn. Urolithin goes, you don't look like 
you're a friendly person. You're going to get out of here. Multiple studies on decreasing the inflammatory pathway of drumroll NF kappa beta nice. in relation to colon cancer. And a lot of these studies are really cool because they're like knockout mice that genetically are predisposed and then they give them the polyphenols and they could show that the NF kappa beta decreases, which decreases the amount of polyps formed, which decreases the amount of cancer. Yeah, well, you've talked about NF kappa beta before, but just real quick recap, apoptosis, that's a, uh, a programmed or induced cell death when a cell needs to leave. Right. Correct. Yeah. So uh, just just for the audience, just to make sure whenever he says that it's going to trigger apoptosis, it basically takes cells that don't belong there and says, please eliminate yourself. And they do. Yeah. So apoptosis. Yeah. Please clarify anything there. And remember, if you get like a weird lesion on your lip, don't go to a herpetologist. I made that mistake once. And I <laughs> yeah. That's why they call them lizard lips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, urolithin, apoptosis, NF-kappa beta, decreased inflammation. Um, I did not know this one. Proanthocyanidin. So when we say proanthocyanidins, uh. those are the large stable polyphenols that make up tannins and things like that. Sure. So it's the proanthocyanidins inhibit angiogenesis in tumor cells so mr um describe it for the public what is angiogenesis angiogenesis is essentially when blood vessels are formed and so cancer cells when they begin to grow they aren't supposed to be there but they know that they need nutrients they know that they need blood flow and they stimulate other cells to bring blood vessels to the tumor so 100 so it basically Tells the tumor, no, 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 you don't need more of our supply. Correct. Where you, you're going to, and by doing that, the tumor can actually shrink and go away. Nice. Um, studies also showing, and this is the really, it's vague and it's cool, and at some point we're going to have to get into it, but it's the gene expression. In other words, the epigenetic thing. Okay. This is how come um, when we describe, there's terms used like John Gilday said pleiotrophic, and it just it hits so many different places. So it actually affects the genes. So even if you have a genetic predisposition for colon cancer, you can actually prevent that gene from turning on by doing this. And they talked about different ways that that happens through microRNA influences, super science-y. Sure. Bottom line is, when you start reading these, you're like, oh, wow. Like somebody's really good at this. Yeah. And they figured this one thing out. Um, they also affect something pro... Um, Proanthocyanidins affect uh, caspase 8 activation, which is one that I never heard of. So a lot of these are multiple studies on NF-kappa beta, and then a few where I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't even know what that is. Right. And then this one gets a little racy. Okay. All right. So generally, we have a fairly PG show. Sort of. <clears throat> this one is uh, a little bit more R. Maybe we should, uh, but it is what it is. It's science, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Tannins directly target. Pyruvic kinase isoenzyme M2, which attenuates cancer cell division. Whoa. Whoa, right? Yeah, so you're and stopping the reproduction. It's racy. Yeah. It's real racy. It's, we're just going to move on from that because everybody's going to, I'm sure people will tweet about it and they'll be like, mm -hmm. hashtag cell sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not even sure it actually, I don't know. I don't know how cells have but anyway, that's a whole separate deal. Um, and then, they, then there's like really cool, large human retrospective studies, specifically in Italy. Oh. Which we know that we work with a lot of Italian scientists. We definitely do. Looking at this. And there's lots of uh, large studies looking at this where um, people who took high levels of proanthocyanidins. Uh -huh. And they actually looked at several studies, looked at the size of it. Okay. Compared to its anti-cancer potential. 
And then they looked at the diet where the people that ate more of it had a decreased risk of, of colon cancer. Now, so, just to clarify, are you saying the size of the proanthocyanidin molecule itself? Yeah, they had like millimole examples. Okay. Like so when we were the saying, bigger, yeah, the better. That's what, okay. That's nice. what it comes down to. And they said the more, the bigger, the better, which is why we think that the Mediterranean diet with fruits and vegetables is such an sure. anti-cancer diet. Okay. So that's really cool because that's like, you know, we're just looking, they're just looking at it in humans and, and. Um, and then finally, it inhibits growth factor through IGF. IGF is insulin-like growth factor, and it tells uh, tumors to turn on. So I'm a little embarrassed, and it's I don't like all that science is way out there, but it just it just clarifies that what we're saying is not oh I think it does this. We're like no, it does this through this mechanism, and I've been giving my patients Atrantil for you know since we launched, but for overall digestive health for SIBO, and anti-aging, anti-inflammatory. That's what I tell my patients. I'm like, well, there's lots of science on that, so this is what, but every time I find a polyp, I should print that out and go, oh, by the way, you should consider taking more polyphenols because here's the science behind it. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, I have all these patients, thousands and thousands of patients that I'll scope every few years. Sure. I'll remove 20 polyps and then say, come back and, well, if I take 20 out, I'm, you're coming back sooner, like but let's just say month. five or six. Um, you're coming back in three years, sure. which is what the which is what the guidelines are. And I won't find any. And they'll be like, and I'll just go, oh. And then sometimes I'll find a bunch again, and I'm like, man, you grew them back. And then a, a few times I've kind of gone, well, let me. I'm like, oh, by the way, you know, maybe you should consider that. They're like, no, I'm on that. Yeah, I'm on that. So I I got to thinking that I'm like these retrospective studies, uh -huh. like they did in Italy. Uh -huh. Like I should find if you're a graduate student, you're looking for a project, hit me up because. Um, it might be really cool just to do a chart review yeah, and go, oh, every time that there was um, uh, X number of polyps um, discovered and then they have a follow-up and they have uh, polyps again or no polyps again, then it's just, and we can do that automated and then we just flag them and go read the notes. Does it say that you gave them out and teal or does it any, any, I don't know, that could potentially be a study. That is very know. interesting. And then something to not gloss over is you've referenced in there uh, proanthocyanidin. And two shows ago when we had Sylvia on, she talked specifically about the, the better benefit of the macromolecule polyphenol co you know, complex and how it actually contains all of the smaller polyphenols that we, that we need. And, of course, it's through the stability. But what's important about proanthocyanidin is where could they find a large, stable proanthocyanidin molecule? It would yeah. be... Cabracho. Yeah, so like the tannin, when we talk about the cabracho, that's a large, stable one that it gets broken down. And in that podcast, she describes in her research about how that actually has quercetin in it. And it has green tea extract, EGCG, in it. It's got rutin. And she proved that when you digest it. She did a gas chromatograph yeah. and showed all these other molecules that people are out there buying each individual one when really those don't even get absorbed. So Correct. like when you take turmeric, it doesn't even get absorbed. It actually still has to be broken down in the colon. Right. You need a, div a diverse microbiome. So um, you're exactly right that it's really, I'd be really, I should really start looking at this. We should really start looking at the, in fact, all my partners, shout out to Dr. Malik, Item, <clears throat> Abraham, Weisberg, and uh, Ackerman. Ackerman's going to be like, really? You paused on me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Ackerman, you don't even know it yet, but we thought about a gift for you, and it's coming. <laughs> yeah. 
We'll, we'll reveal it so, on the show, and just not today. This isn't so much an inside joke. Dr. Ackerman is the guest host whenever Eric is not available, and we did several um, uh, half episodes with Dr. Ackerman. He's extremely intelligent and yeah. really good at what he does. Very. Um, all right, so bottom line, let's just let's get back to you're like, okay, you're talking about all the science, you're getting geeky, but it really is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Um, I just posted a blog uh, about colon cancer. So go to KennethBrownMD.com. Mm-hmm. You can read this blog. Uh, it's not sciencey like whoa, whoa. it's not sciencey like this. Uh, but just a couple high notes on this. March is colon cancer awareness month. Each year, colorectal cancer claims more than fifty thousand American lives. Right. It makes it the second leading cause of cancer death in the United States. And National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month happens to be overshadowed by Irish Heritage Month. <laughs> so um, we want to bring this to the forefront. Yeah, I I was trying to be creative, and uh, but uh, apparently they did not stun you at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I know it's also Women's History Month, but it's just not that much of a threat to the Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And no. So that's my cause. Certainly, certainly not in, in, in terms of, uh, of our practice or the clinic. Correct. So. Um, so National Colon Cancer Awareness Month is a chance to bring greater attention to this disease and to educate others that this cancer is preventable, treatable, and beatable. Preventable, treatable, and beatable. We know that we have the second leading cause of cancer death in the United States, and we have a cure. The cure is to cut the polyp out before it grows into something. Correct. So that's the really important. So colon cancer won't really wait for a cure. So during these early stages of COVID-19 um, in the pandemic in 2020, colon, uh, this is a little upsetting because I think we're going to see something happen later on. Colorectal cancer actually uh, dropped by 32%, not because we figured something out, not because COVID couldn't was- Couldn't see anybody. Couldn't see anybody. Yeah. So we had all these people that were not being screened. Yeah. So it's really important that um, to emphasize that if you put it off, uh, it's still a very necessary health maintenance service. And you got to go do it. And you got to go talk to your doctor about it, a board-certified gastroenterologist, discuss your digestive sim- uh, um, symptoms. Um, and colon cancer can't have or actually frequently does not have any symptoms at all. So when people go, well, I don't feel anything, I'm going to do this. And I will just do one little thing here. A lot of people that they're like, well, I don't want to get out of my house, so I'm just going to have my doctor do ColoGuard, which is a DNA test. Um, I'm thankful that we have other tests, but remember, that test only picks up cancer. The sensitivity and specificity is quite low. So I only use that test when I'm unable, for whatever reason, to actually do a colonoscopy. So that is not a screening exam to look for polyps. No. You, what you're doing is you're finding the horse is already getting out of the barn and you're trying to chase it at this point. And you would still have, and, and let's just say, you would still need a colonoscopy after. And then ultimately you would still need a colonoscopy. And the problem with it is, is that if your insurance pays for a screening exam, they'll pay for the guard. And if you still need a colonoscopy, then you're out of pocket on the colonoscopy. Yeah. Or you could have just gone with the colonoscopy first. Yeah. And then, and, and definitely have known. Yeah. You mean, you're talking about um, sensitivity and specificity. The sensitivity and specificity of going in with a with a colonoscope and using the camera is almost 100% unless somebody is wearing sunglasses or is not looking at the screen. Yeah, so when we do these colonoscopies, we've got huge screens. We've got multiple eyes on it. Nobody's looking at your butt. We're looking inside. Oh, yeah. We have high-definition scopes. If you do the prep correctly and there's a polyp, we have a very high likelihood of finding it. 
Um, even if, if you're worried and you're like, well, I've had some bleeding, I'm, now I'm terrified. I, and I've, I've had this before where patients are like, I've been having issues for about six months yeah. and I've been putting it off because I was scared. Please remember that although colon cancer comes from colon polyps and during the colonoscopy, we can remove it. If we do happen to find colon cancer, even if a cancer is found, most likely if we find it in an early stage, localized, meaning it is not spread outside of the colon, the five-year survival rate is 91%. Right. Even if you have cancer, you have a 91% chance you're cured. Yep, 100%. So just just don't wait, just do. Hey, and uh, since you do the screening with the colonoscope and I do the anesthesia, why don't, in your words, you tell, uh, tell the audience if you haven't had a colonoscopy, but you're worried even just about the anesthesia, what do most people say when they wake up from their first time of having it? And I say, Hey, we're finished. Well, let's Okay. Because I'm just, I'm trying to alleviate. So basically in post-op, almost everybody goes, wow, that was the best sleep I've had. Did, when do we do it? Yeah. Almost no one has any clue. that. We and they're it. like, I slept great. You know what? While we're doing it, let's just talk at least where our center is. Sure. At Preston Crossing Endoscopy Center, Digestive Health Associates in Plano, Texas, Kenneth Brown. We are very consistent with what happens. We have incredible nurses. Definitely. Patient checks in to lovely front office. They <clears throat> are brought back in a, in a, basically right now we're still in the COVID situation. Yeah. So yeah. everybody, we have got um, PPE everywhere. Everyone has this. And then they usually come into pre-op where we've got some of the best nurses, funniest nurses. Yeah. Very um, but diligent, diligent. Yeah. But really, um, one of the things that people do is they come in and they're nervous and we've got a great team that comes in. You will change into a gown. Yeah. And then one of our great nurses will just do a little IV on you. And that's where Eric's going to give the medicine. And usually me or Eric comes out and says, Hey, what's going on? Uh, this is what's going to happen. We're going to take you on back and then you'll come back. And then depending on our mood, you're going to hear some music. <laughs> well, there's always music. Just depends on what you're going to hear. <laughs> and then, uh, it's usually involves because we really like our job. It yeah. usually involves us asking a little bit about you. Yeah. Definitely. We want to build some emotional currency with you because it's, it's just the, it's, it just makes it makes me feel better to know that I have a personal relationship with somebody that I'm going to do. Are you married? Do you have kids? What do you do for a living? Yeah. You know, it, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to have an, a, a personal invested interest in the person that we're working on. And then it's, um, once you go to sleep, it's work mode. Yeah. Safety of the patient is probably the most important thing. How are we doing over here? Oh, hold on, wait there, you know, I mean, like you're always like, hold on, wait, let's get a little more medicine here. Let's do this. Patient doesn't know anything, but it, there's just so much attention being placed to it. My tech love my techs. And what the tech does is personally, I think it's one of the most important people on the team. Oh yeah. So we've got our techs that, um, our, our, the techs are incredible. Our techs are amazing. And what they do is they help me remove the polyps. And these are skilled, true technicians there. Right. We call them techs, but they're really, endoscopic technicians that help me to navigate the scope through. And so we get done, pull it out. The technician then hands it to another great team who are specialists in the processing of the scope because Correct. everything is completely sterile. So there's no worries about that at all. There's no, no transmission 
of anything because there's a whole process. Yeah. And when you see this, that there's this checklist and it's just process and standards that we do, which is why I think, um, well, uh, I, I speak for our center, but quite honestly, it's probably, um, we're now part of GI Alliance and I do know all the groups that are with us and we're nationwide. I do think that we all have a standard. Everybody's brought to this standard now because we're all conscientious doctors and everyone, we have systems and processes so that there's, I just think that people get scared. Well, that's great. I don't live in Plano. Well, I bet you that there's a really good doctor around the corner from you. Without question. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because with GI Alliance and the growth and the expansion really of DHAT into another very large uh, group that was here in uh, in uh, North Texas, I actually have, have worked at a bunch of those different centers with a bunch of great GI doctors. And guess what? Everyone cares about the patient and the experience at every location is almost exactly how Ken just described it. Yeah, I can't. I mean, there's so many times where a, a patient will come from another doctor and I'm like, ah, that's a really good doctor. I, I don't know if I'm going to add a whole lot to yeah, this. Yeah. That's a really smart person. And that's, that's in our city. So if you're sitting here listening to this and you're worried, go do it. There's going to be a great doctor right around the corner. GI Alliance is the new group that we're forming to add a unity across many states. Many. And to hold a standard of care, which really is, I, I think it's unparalleled. Sure. And it, so the bottom line is American Cancer Society recommends regular colon cancer screening at age 45, 45, recently got changed. Four, five is the new screening. Those are for average risk. And then follow-up screenings, if you don't have anything and your average will be 10 years from then. But... Um, to be average risk, you don't have a personal or family history of polyps, you don't have a personal history of Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, and there's no personal history of abdominal or pelvic radiation. If you have any of those, you get in sooner, at the very latest, age 40. Um, and if you've delayed your screening appointment um, due to COVID, please talk to your doctor and it's don't survive COVID and then have a preventable very preventable cancer. And if you have any questions about this, I actually filmed my colonoscopy about seven years ago. And you only see the face. What? You only see the face. No, no, I'm saying externally. <gasps> oh, well, I don't know. You see my internal, you see my face yeah. and my colon. Yeah. I'm awake. You can see, um, I kind of walked through the whole process to try and I've gotten so many comments from people that said, you know, thank you for showing me what's going to happen. And uh, that being said, I did it wide awake as a teaching reason. I still suggest everyone sure. make sure that you have a... We'll put that in show, in show notes too, just so it'll be easier to click over to. Yeah, yeah. just click over and watch it real quick. It's yeah. about colon cancer awareness. We did that about seven years ago this month. Um, but you can kind of see that. So, I mean, although we were kind of joking about zombie apocalypse and all that stuff, which is real on the CDC website. I'm not kidding. It's But I did read into it a little bit more. Cause then I kind of like went down to like the footnotes and they're like, we're aware that this is tongue in cheek, but the reality is those recommendations work for hurricanes turning. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, but, but they actually Thankfully. said it. Yeah. They, they actually said it, but we seem to get more traffic on this page. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit I was going to go look. <laughs> oh yeah. Go yeah. look. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in fact, I want to find the person that decided to do that because that's a, that's a, a good, good marketing one. person. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad for a little yeah. while. I was shamed. Now I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. So bottom line, we've got the science, take your polyphenols, 
help your colon. We will eventually probably publish some really cool data on that. Yeah. And we got a lot of other really cool stuff going on that hopefully with GI Alliance, this large group, that we can start looking at some different things like some sound therapy to calm people down, brain.fm. Yeah. You know, we're looking at some stuff there. We've got um, different uh, prep techniques. It's it's just it's such an exciting time to be in healthcare where you can help and prevent and 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 a big shout out to uh, both Jim Weber and Jim Hackert for bringing two like-minded large groups of GI providers together. I yeah. think that we're going to serve a lot more people this way. For sure. So, yeah. you know, us joining GI Alliance and having forward-thinking people like Dr. Jim Weber and Dr. Jim Hackert. Hackert was the president of DHAT, Jim Weber was president of TDDC and he orchestrated the whole thing. I don't I need to sit down with him one day and have a glass of wine and go, "How in the world did you basically round up 800 cats i think when well i can say this for weber if you sit down with him in about 10 minutes you're gonna go i'm surprised you didn't get 14,000 cats <laughs> he's that kind of guy oh yeah, yeah that's awesome so go get screened um thank you so much for episode 51 you you got any closing thoughts here no just get take care of yourself get screened and uh enjoy the video don't uh, forget to check the show notes for both CDC zombies and uh, and of course uh, the uh, colonoscopy. So you never told me what you wanted, but I did order you a crossbow. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to please say crossbow because I've already ordered it. It's Amazon Priming here. How would any minute? I would, well, I mean, I would love a crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> Just also with Bill Murray, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. Go get screened. Talk to your doctors. Um, this is super, super important. We try to make light of a few things. We try to be sciencey, but uh, the bottom line is, if we can help one person get in and have those polyps removed, we've saved a life. Ben, that's episode fifty-one. Thank y'all. Like and share. Talk to y'all soon. Thank you. Bye bye.